know if you're into like true crime or anything, but there was this murder case where this woman very obviously killed her boyfriend, but she was very conventionally attractive. And so like the media was just like so like obsessed with her and like wanted to like believe her. And even if they like didn't believe that she was innocent, they were like deeply obsessed with her. And I think that really, really speaks to like white pretty privilege because it's like white women can be demeaned and infantilized and patronized all day but at the end of the day you know that can also intensely serve us you know no you can't go to jail you're too pretty like come on (laughs) like what is up with that like make it make sense it's very very problematic and it just like Yeah, I think especially with Tangled, though, like, there's so much to unpack there, intersectional feminism-wise. I mean, first of all, if you've never heard of, like, what blood libel is, like, it's the essentially, like, historically, it goes back, like, very, very far back in history, but it's a conspiracy theory that's still kind of replicated now. The idea that Jewish people high up in society are, like, eat like white children or like drink their blood for like power and none of it makes any sense and like if I just if like someone just said that you'd be like oh that's ridiculous but people believe it when it's repackaged as QAnon or you know the Illuminati or as Tangled because if you think about it like okay Tangled is Mother Gothel who is purposely obviously made to look Jewish like stealing the power from a white child like oh my god yeah and like she lives in a castle so it's like she's like also seems to be like high in status in some way so that's messed up on so many levels mm-hmm yeah, like, these things just, I feel like they just read over and over again. It's like, it's not even telling a story at this point. It's just, here's some anti-Semitism, here's some racism. But, yeah, I think, like, in general, though, there's, like, a huge connotation between um, conventional attractiveness and morality, like. And, you know, I think, like, that's, like, really calls for a major shift in how we view beauty. Like, in my opinion, I think that, like, an upside of body neutrality is, like, that we just move away from that completely. But I think about an upside of body positivity is that it, I've always seen it as like not putting emphasis on this idea that everyone is conventionally attractive, but reframing the idea of beauty as completely subjective and also just kind of irrelevant. Like who cares if you're conventionally attractive, that's not what beauty is, you know? Um, so I think either way, like reframing that is important because Just in general, I think, like, we see every day that, like, people who are more conventionally attractive are framed as better people, you know? Have you, like, seen that in, I don't know, media or just, like, life in any way? Yeah, like, on Twitter all the time, if there's, like, a mugshot of, like, a really attractive person, it'd be like, oh, like, what was that one girl that, like, Zara Larson, I think, like, her boyfriend like that's how she met him like she was she like (laughs) on twitter she saw her like his mugshot or something and she was like so how do you like your eggs in the morning and then a couple (laughs) couple months later it's like they're dating 
I don't know what crime he did. So I ho- hopefully it's not a bad crime. I don't endorse crime, but like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best statement on our podcast. We'd like you to know that we don't endorse crime. <laughs> you don't endorse crime, but he's kind of good looking. Like I'm just saying. But definitely if he looked like some old creepy guy that we deem to be like ugly and creepy and like whatnot she would not be asking him these questions she would not want to do anything she would not be retweeting nothing yeah definitely and like also let's think about like the very like harsh reality of like so like with jody arias who i was talking about earlier who you know brutally murdered someone and people were just obsessed with giving her sympathy and then you know we contrast that to the black trans women who are constantly being murdered and they get nothing and it's like you know that's not completely just based on beauty standards that's also like transphobia and racism but like i think that you know it really goes to show the privilege that white women have you know because white women can do something wrong and it's sensationalized and it's like oh wow a pretty woman did a wrong thing and then you know another woman is terribly murdered and you know it's just assumed to be like her fault or it doesn't matter um but i also think with men it's kind of an interesting dichotomy of that standard because like yeah like an conventionally attractive man does something wrong it's like oh but he was hot though and then i i hate people i'm like stop it with ted bundy jesus christ you know but at the same time like you know no like don't like date conventionally attractive men like because they'll be like worse to you like i mean okay like i i'm a lesbian i have no idea like (laughs) Veronica do you want to like elaborate on that okay well here's the thing I've never dated a man so technically I mean I've dated women but essentially since they're not as good looking the idea is because you're more good looking than your partner it would be like they have to make up for it so they can't just get away with something like a pretty boy could because they're ugly essentially so they can't call you names because you can just call them ugly but you can't call a pretty person ugly because they won't care because they know they're pretty that's wild yeah like i don't know that doesn't even that doesn't even make sense but yeah because i've seen like people discourage like you know women who date men from like dating the attractive ones because they'll like treat you better and i'm like what (laughs) Okay, (laughs) like, I don't know. I feel like it's also just, like, a way to, you know, like, make it seem like it's, you know, women's fault if something happens to them on, like, some other weird level. But I just think, like, it's so weird because that's such, like, a contrasting dichotomy, like, that it's, like, if man attractive, then man do nothing wrong. But if man not attractive then man do nothing wrong. It's like either way, they just get away with it. PEMDAS? What? (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Like, cause like if we're, if like women are encouraged to date men who aren't attractive because they'll treat them better, 
And like, then those guys are also like incels and quote unquote nice guys. And then the attractive guys are seen as like doing nothing wrong or their actions are excused because they're attractive. Then either way, men just get away with everything. Oh my God. (laughs) But then also like really privileged women get away with things. But if something happens to them, it's their fault because then men have to get away with it. Because like sometimes, like then if like a conventionally attractive woman is like, you know, wearing a tight dress and is sexually assaulted, then it's still blamed on her because, well, how could a man resist anything? So then it's still, I don't know. I don't know. There's something there. (laughs) But yeah. There's a connection. We're not sure what it is yet, but there's a connection. DM us. Let us know what that connection is. If you have an opinion, please shout out us and, like, please, we gotta know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, I feel like there's this general weird thing in society where it's, like, men are constantly excused from, like, any of their actions, and, like, women can be blamed for any of their actions. But if it's a really privileged woman, then sometimes she gets away with it. But only if it's not at the expense of a white man. Period. No, that reminds me. I saw, like, this chart. It was, like, they took a survey or something. I'm not exactly sure where it's from. I could probably look it up. But it was, like, uh, women by age and then what age men they see attractive. And then men through the ages and what age women they see attractive. And it was, like, the women would be, like, in their age range like if they were 40 they would say like a man in their 40s or if they were 20 a man in their 20s but no matter what the age of the man was it all went with like women in their 20s like you could be 60 and men would just be like no you're not in your 20s i know i'm 60 but you're 60 so i i don't think you're as attractive that's so messed up and i know like five different men to prove that statement true oh i mean obviously it's it probably has its biases like i don't know where it was taken like i vaguely recall it was like a stanford study but i could be wrong and you know there's obviously all these factors but if it makes sense then something is wrong with how society is teaching us and it's not that like society is failing us society is probably doing what it should be based on what the people in power are saying it should do just for their benefit benefit yeah i think like also because it's like the way that people talk about like men aging or they're like oh he's a silver fox or like they'll be like this guy got more attractive as he got older and stuff like that and like okay don't get me wrong i hear like sapphics talking about like milfs and like, hot older women all the time, which, I mean, agreed, but, (laughs) but, like, you know, I think there is, like, that weird double standard that all goes back to this, like, constant infantilization that somehow, like, women just, like, like, age is something to, like, stop if you're a woman, and if you're a man, it, like, makes you wiser or even, like, more attractive, which is very odd. No, that's a very valid point. Like, I didn't even think about something like that. But I know, like, my mom in particular, like, if she sees a gray hair, she's, like, freaking out. She's like, oh, no, let's henna this baby away because I, like, she 
basically fears aging and I know so many more women who do too and it's kind of like dang I want to be like that hot motorcycle grandma but also I don't want to age subconsciously so it's a very it's a complex dynamic and it's kind of like what do I agree with consciously and what do I subconsciously agree with because there's probably things that I don't even realize are like based on beauty standards in society and I just don't realize it like I don't know what to say it's like it's kind of scary that's such a good point I yeah that was phrased beautifully but yeah like I okay I always say this but being queer and like for me being a lesbian is like having two constant beauty standards Like, in the same breath, I will subconsciously feel bad about myself because I'm too masculine. And then be like, oh, but I'm not masculine enough. Like, girls won't like me. And it feels like there are two constant beauty standards. And so, like, when I think about aging, I'm like, oh, thank God, I'll be a MILF. Like, literally, I'm excited about it. I'm like, I'm going to get a suit. Hopefully, I'll have a wife by then. (laughs) Like... Um, Veronica's reactions right now. <laughs> but I'm like yelling low key, like, yes, please, when's our wedding, Natasha? Yes. Um, but yeah, like, and then at the same time, like you said, like there's this subconscious standard where when I actually think about it and I actually think about aging, I'm like, oh my god, I'll have wrinkles and I'll be like old, and it's also scary, and it's like you know, it's like, okay, like our generation is living through a pandemic and climate change and all these things. It's like, if I live to be old, like I don't want to spend a single second of that being like, God damn it. You know, my ass doesn't look great anymore. Like who cares? I survived a pandemic and climate change and all of that. Like, it's just so heartbreaking that it's like women are encouraged to hate aging. It's like, why would you hate living a long, full life? And it's not their fault because it's what we're taught. But it's just another way that like beauty standards just take away from the joy of life as a woman. Yeah, that was, wow. Okay. Oh, that last statement just like hit me all of a sudden. I mean, I don't want to drag this too long, but as a gender fluid person, oh, (laughs) what are my standards again? Like, it's kind of like the days I feel more feminine, which would be today. Like, I do feel more feminine today, but like, I feel more subconsciously, like, even if I do feel feminine, I don't have to dress or present femininely. So I don't have to wear a dress for you to have to perceive me as, oh, I feel like a girl today, so I want you to treat me like you would any other girl, right? And it's kind of like, where do I fit in that beauty standard? Where am I? Like, where am I on this spectrum? Because beauty standards wants, like, the whole point is to make it one thing or another, but it really, it can't, it can't be one thing or another. It's not black and white like that. There's so many shades of gray in between. So it's like, you can't like if you are forcing yourself to align with a beauty standard do it for your own enjoyment not just because society wants you to do that like if you want to have blonde hair go ahead but if you're doing if you're getting blonde hair just because society says blonde hair is cute and you're like well i want to be cute so let me get blonde hair like it's like you're still cute without blonde hair like we got you but well you know 
Yeah, but like completely, I think that like it's really hard also because of like shifting beauty standards. You know, like I think about that all the time. I'm like, am I actually recovered from my disordered eating and hatred of my body? Or is my body just in style right now? And what happens when it's not anymore? And that's so difficult, you know? And it's like also though, like I know that comes with privilege because, you know, if like I look differently than I do, a lot more of me would not fit with the beauty standard at a given time. There are just so many different expectations to live up to all the time. And I definitely think your experience is like very much a unique one. Like, do you want to like elaborate more on that? And like, you know, the expectations that you feel? Yeah. um, I definitely don't think it's unique just to me either. Like, I know there's like 7 billion, almost 8 billion people in the world. There's bound to be people who feel exactly the same, but it's like, it's like one day I'll feel totally confident because I feel like I fit not just what I want to feel like and look like, but also what society wants me to feel like and look like. So when I get like positive affirmations and words of affirmation from other people, I instantly feel so much more confident, even if like it's just the same as it is every other day, right? And it's like the next day I'll feel not as confident and like completely awful and I'll be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to express myself as. And I don't know how to fit into society and kind of just fit in and feel like I fit in. And I think it it boils down more to feeling that you fit in rather than fitting in itself. Because I feel like so many people are so self-conscious that we don't recognize other people being self-conscious. So if we're walking around in school and it's like, oh, this shirt looks weird on me. Somebody else probably isn't thinking that as they're passing by you. They're probably thinking, oh, this shirt looks so weird on me. They're probably thinking the same thing just about themselves. So it's kind of self-centered, but honestly, like, that's how it is these days. It's really hard to feel comfortable in these beauty standards. That's a really great point. I think, like, feeling like you fit in or, like, feeling comfortable is, like, a huge part of what, like, rigid beauty standards do to us, is they make us feel like we're never welcome in a room full of people you know, even when everyone else is, like, feeling the exact same way, and it's very isolating. But I think that also speaks to, like, really why we need to dismantle our expectations when it comes to beauty standards and also standards of, like, gender expression. And, you know, because I definitely think that, like, these, like, restrictions on what what a woman looks like, what a man looks like, and now... (laughs) Like, on social media, so many people are, like, trying to construct this weird beauty standard for non-binary people, which is, like, a weird extra thing. Um, Yeah, don't expect non-binary people to be androgynous all the time. Yeah, non-binary people do not owe you androgyny. Did I say that right? Androgyny? Yeah. Okay, period. Keep going. See, like, you can barely even pronounce it. How does the world expect it of you? (laughs) But, yeah, so, like, I think we need to really erase those ideals you know and like start with ourselves and really deconstruct you know what those things mean to us because at the end of the day like none of it really matters gender is a construct beauty is a construct we're all just here be yourself (laughs) that's my existential encouragement of the day (laughs) 
That's our quote of today. I mean, we're all just on a floating rock in the middle of space somewhere. We don't even know where we are in relation to the universe. So you know what? Does it really matter what a bunch of people think about you and think what you should do? I say no, because we're all going to die in the end. Like, so if you didn't live your life at your best and at your most comfortable and as confident as you can be, then what was the point? What was the point? Yeah, I guess that brings us to a close. But yeah, like, honestly, like Veronica said, like, you know, share your thoughts with us, DM us on Instagram, whatever you want to do, comment. Um, oh, no, we're, at, we're back at 2000s YouTube. Comment and subscribe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we were talking about that earlier. But, you know, share your opinions with us. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode. So we'll see you guys in the next episode. Three, two, one. Bye.